You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. Hey, everybody. Good day. Happy day that you're watching this, listening to it. Today is Monday. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I don't ever know how to welcome anybody to anything. I'll just be at church. I'm like, say hi to somebody. Don't say it's nice to meet you if you haven't met them before, because you never know if you've met them before. Um, And then you'll look bad and people might think poorly of you. So I just say good to see you. Good to see And then I tell everybody in the church to do that. And I also explain all that I just explained to you. When I'm just supposed to say, hey, everybody, God bless you. Welcome. Oh, my gosh. And then I end up going into this big old thing. So 30 minutes into the podcast. And right, yeah. This is how you say hi. And and then I just explain all that. So today our title is, are you... Letting guilt push you away from God. Are you letting guilt push you away from God? We have all felt guilty at some point in time in our lives. Unless you are a sociopath, you have felt guilt at some point in time in your life. Um, Some of us feel guilty for things that we shouldn't feel guilty for. Mm -hmm. um, And that's something that we can train ourselves out of. But some of us don't feel guilty for things that we should feel guilty about. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible also gives us understanding as to why that is. Um, but we want to talk to you guys specifically about when you are feeling guilty and is that guilt pushing you away from God? Um, so I just want to give you like kind of a quick example in my own life. I am a worship leader at my home church and, um, a few years back. Now this has always actually been a thing in my relationship with the Lord. And it's partially because I am by nature a perfectionist. Um, that is my personality. I want to say it that way. And so I like to be perfect. I know that I'm not, but I like to do things as perfect as I possibly can. And when I fall short of that, I feel bad that I've fallen short of that. Um, and that is like, that's my personality, but it actually seeped into my relationship with God. And we know through scripture that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I I can't be perfect. Um, but still, even though I had given my heart to Jesus and know that I needed him to cleanse me of all of my unrighteousness, I still was trying then to almost like gain his affections mm-hmm. by being perfect. Mm-hmm. Gain his affections by following his commands. Um, and it became so religious and legalistic, um, and it became a dead work. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up, you know, I would read my Bible, I would pray, and no matter how much I read my Bible and how much I prayed every day, I still felt like it was not enough. And say there was a day that I didn't quite spend as much time as I usually spent with the Lord. The following Sunday, when I would get up to lead worship, I would feel like this is about to be my fault that God is not going to manifest his presence in this place today because I didn't spend enough time Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. 
and that's my fault. Like, he's not going to show up. And that's For all also, the other people there that he also loves. Right, exactly. And it's and it's also going to, it's going to be my fault because mm-hmm. I'm the worship leader. Mm-hmm. And so I should be able to lead them into the presence. I have, you know, that's a whole nother different podcast. Like, God is with us. Yes. Um, but uh, I really felt that about myself. And I allowed guilt to really push me away from God. Um, and it affected my relationship with him. And I think that there's a better way that we could do this relationship with him. And I know that guilt for many people um, pulls them from God rather than drawing draws them to God. So we just want to share with uh, that with you briefly. We're not going to take too long today, um, but hopefully this can bless you and help, help you in your walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you know the story of Moses and um, the Israelites and how God led the Israelites out of um, Egypt. I actually don't know the story. You don't know the story. Okay. Um, I thought that. You look like someone who didn't know the story. Um, So uh, God's people were slaves in Egypt. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And Moses was chosen by God to to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. But Pharaoh, the one who was in charge in Egypt, wouldn't let God's people go. And so God calls Moses to be the one to basically represent God to Pharaoh and to help, (laughs) hi honey, uh, help in delivering the people out of Egypt. So, yes, my love, that's my daughter. So Moses is there to help bring these people out of Egypt. And Pharaoh is giving him a hard time. God gets these people out of many plagues. Many things had to happen for God. Guys, it's clearly snack time. Can I make one? So Moses, God goes to Moses and says, do all these things to show that I am more powerful than Pharaoh. This all happens and God delivers the, the Israelites out of Egypt. So God gets them out and says, I have a a promised land for you guys. I want you to get out of Egypt to go to this promised land that I have for you. Moses is bringing these people, traveling, journeying, trying to go. Now you got me because I know what the promised land is. I do know what the promised land is. I wasn't sure about the Egypt thing, but now I got, now I'm tracking with you. Okay. So if you- She wants to know if she can make croissants. Yes, my love. Guys, it like- it is a constant food battle here in, in this this home. It is food 24-7. So if you go to Exodus 19 <laughs> and you read verse 4, that's where God says, I'm, I delivered you from Egypt. I got you out of Egypt and I brought you to myself. So God here, meanwhile, before 19 is telling them he's trying to take them out of Egypt to a promised land. But here God says, I brought you out of Egypt to bring you to myself. That's so beautiful. Yes. So here you hear, I delivered you out of there because I want to have a relationship with you. It's not just about the stuff. Yes. It's not about where you land. It's not, yes. it's not only about you prospering, though we see that it is. Yes. That's also Because the promised to it. land is a land full of milk and honey. It's supposed to be a land of... I love milk. <laughs> Amen. But yes, it's a land of, you know, for them to prosper them to conquer yes. and to have of their own. Yeah. But God is also saying, I did all this because I want a better relationship with you. Yeah. I wanted to show you who I am and I wanted to draw you closer to me. That's good. So in 19, God is telling them, 
I did this to have a better relationship with you. And then you read in just the next chapter in 20 that God manifested himself in all his glory on the mountain and the people of Israel were too afraid after all God did for them, after delivering them. He says, them, I want to have a relationship with you. Yes. I, delivered, I delivered you from that to myself. So those yes. are God's words. His exact words. I, I delivered you to bring you to myself. Meanwhile, Moses and God have been saying to bring you out of Egypt to the promised land, to bring you out of Egypt to the uh -huh. promised land, to bring you out of... So mean, you know, before that, it's always, I'm bringing you out of Egypt to the promised land. And in 19, he goes, I bring you out of Egypt to me. That's good. And then in 20, he manifests himself in all his glory on the mountain. And none of the Israelites wanted to go near it. After God, all, all he did for you and tells you, I want to be with you. Yeah. He's telling you ahead of time, before I manifest myself in all of my glory, before I do this big thing, I want you to know I want you to be with me. I want to have this relationship. So then he comes down to be with them. Yeah. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. Moses, you go talk to him. We'll stand back here. And they miss being in his glory. They miss his manifestation when God is saying ahead of time, listen, I did this to be with you. And the reason why was because of their unbelief, their hardened hearts, the things that they've done. This separated them. This, their, their past, their actions, the things that they've done, they separated them from experiencing God's... God knew what they already did. God knew, yet God still wanted them. They doubted God throughout the whole process. There was unbelief throughout the whole process. There was all types of problems between them and God throughout mm -hmm. the whole journey. And yet God is still saying, but I want you. Yeah. And they're saying, oh no, I can't. He, so in Exodus 20, you see, then God gave the people all these instructions. So we see the 10 commandments mm -hmm. and that's when the Israelites go, they, they hear thunder and a loud blast yes. of the ram's horn. They see flashes of lightning, smoke billowing from the mountain, and they stand at a distance trembling with fear. Mm hmm and they say to Moses, you speak to us. Yeah. We'll listen to you. Obviously, we know that's not true because we got lots of pastors and men of God who people say, yeah, yeah, you speak and I'll listen to you. You don't listen. No, mm -hmm. None of us listen to nobody. Like, and and that's, that is uh, a way of a, lot of a lot of people still operate today. They are more willing to hear from a man, more willing to, to submit to the words of a man than just going before the Lord themselves. Somebody. That happens still today. Yes. You seek after either in the world or you jump from convention to Holy Ghost this, Holy Ghost that yeah. for the man of God to touch you. And then you go home and you don't, you don't go before the Lord on your own. That's good. Or in the world, you're seeking one relationship after another relationship mm -hmm. to get this fulfillment of something from a yeah. man or a girl. And just going, God's saying, I want you. Yes. He doesn't know what you did already. He knows what you're going to do. Like, they they were not faithful to him throughout this whole process of him delivering them. Yeah. They were not good to him. They were not faithful to God. And he's still saying, I want you. Please. Yeah. I'm going to come down to you. I'm going to come down to you, manifest my glory, and show you my love for you. Like, I want you. And they say no. 
It's be, and it's because of a consciousness of sin. Yes. They see, they hear these Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and then they recognize, oh, I'm in trouble. And instead of that, um, instead of them realizing, wow, God already, God already knew who I was, and He already said before He gave me these Ten Commandments. I brought you to myself. Mm-hmm. So there must be a way for him to get me to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of recognizing that, they just go, oh, no, uh, like I'm, I have sin in my life. And so they stand at a distance. Meanwhile, the same, you know, sins that they're talking about that's putting them at a distance is the same sins Moses. So one of the commandments, thou shalt not murder. Uh, Moses killed somebody. He did. Moses did. And you're, you're going to rely on a man that killed somebody. Right. And, to, and he can go to God And for he you, can go to God. But you can't. You can't. You can't. But he done did, he, he, it's because if you read, there's a commentary that says Moses went before God because of the goodness of God. It had nothing to do with whether he was good or bad. He just knew how good God was. That so God would accept him. Moses focused on the goodness of God. Instead of the goodness of himself. Mm-hmm. Or the lack of. Or, yeah, the lack of. Mm-hmm. So the Israelites were focused on their goodness or mm-hmm. lack of goodness. And yeah. Moses was focused on the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Adam and Eve. The Bible says that once they sinned, they realized that they were naked. Yeah. And um, they hid from God it actually repelled them from God or they withdrew themselves from God. Yeah. Um, and this sin consciousness or our conscience um, is actually, it's rooted in our heart. Mm-hmm. And so our heart is able to tell us when we've done something right or done something wrong. Um, it's able, it's kind of like um, a standard that if we have not hardened it or calloused it by ignoring it over and over and over again, um, we can actually use that standard to show us what is right and mm-hmm. what is wrong. Now, again, there, there is a way that you can harden your conscience. Um, we won't get into that so much today. Um, and the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all else. So your conscience can lie to you if yeah. you don't listen to the God inside of you. Um, but our conscience is a way and a standard that we can look to and go, okay, what is right? And what is wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and if we allow ourselves to to actually follow that, it should draw us closer to God mm-hmm. rather than draw us away from God. Um, Adam and Eve should have known, I'm in trouble. I need to go to God. Yep. Um, and here were the Israelites. What did you say about the Israelites? How the very thing that they, they realized it was wrong in themselves, it would have been changed. It would have been changed had they, cause, um, if you read commentaries, it says that God wanted to show his glory, manifest himself to have a relationship with them and also to help them to keep from sinning. Yeah. Like to help them to stay away from sin. So the very thing that they're pushing themselves away from because of sin is the very thing that God's saying, hey, I want to be with you because I, I love you and I want a relationship with you. And and also being in my presence will help you stay away from sin. Yeah. And so being in his presence would have been what they could have, you know, helped him, them to stay away from those things, stay away from the things that, you know, convicted them or made them feel not worthy to be with him. Yeah. Uh, in his presence, his presence would have helped them do away with those those things. Yeah. 
And we should be using that conscience or the sin consciousness and drawing closer to God and saying, I can clearly see that this is something that I'm not supposed to be taking part in. Mm -hmm. And so would you help me root this out of my life? Yeah. Because again, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. And so that sin in its fullest culmination, that sin, if fully, you know, followed, um, and fully lived out, that leads to you dying. Mm -hmm. And so rather than using that to pull you away from God, it's really a perversion from Satan. Mm -hmm. Um, it should be drawing us closer to God to realize, Hey, this is wrong in my life. Would you root it out? Instead, Satan perverts it. He's the accuser of the brethren and he tries to, tries to make it to uh you know repel us from god rather than draw closer to god Mm -hmm. and the bible says that we can actually approach the throne of grace with confidence yeah once we have been forgiven of our sins because of jesus christ um our consciences have actually been sprinkled with his blood Mm -hmm. to cleanse us from those dead works to cleanse us from all unrighteousness He exchanges our filthy rags for his robes of righteousness. Mm -hmm. So we are actually cleansed. Yeah. Even our consciences are cleansed from what we've done wrong. And we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the throne room of God here. Yeah. Uh, You know, the most holy place, Mm -hmm. which was separated from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's actually said that because of how heavy the curtain was, you would have had to crawl underneath it, like on your hands and knees because of how heavy that curtain was to separate you from that most holy place. This is, and like, if you were sinful, you would drop dead. And this is the Bible saying you can approach it with boldness. Yeah. With confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about that and I go, I don't think that you should. But the Bible says, yes, you should. You should know that you have an assurance of faith to be able to come into his presence being fully cleansed. Now, your conscience will still tell you if you've done something wrong. Yeah. And use it as a guide. Mm -hmm. To point you back to the one that can help you make your wrong right. So that it doesn't eventually lead you to death. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or lead you to destruction or heartache. Yeah. God, God knows the weaknesses of man. Like he knows, he knows that we can't do it without him. And so we can't do it without him. Period. And just right there. That's on period. Yes, we can't. So pushing away, allowing your guilt to push you away from the presence of the Lord. You can't, you won't be able to live the life of peace, joy, uh, the life that God had intended for you, if you keep pushing yourself away because of what you did wrong or how you feel or what people say or whatever your guilt is saying or your yeah. conscience is saying, um, if you allow that to push you away, um, you are you are basically, sep- you are choosing to separate yourself from God when the whole time God is saying, I already know this. I already yeah. know this about you. I already took care of this. I made a way out for you. I know you would do this. And so I saw it to happen. And so I made a way out. Now, can you just come? Just come. 
And you end up listening more to you mm-hmm. if you do that than to God. Yeah. And that was the Israelites' problem. We so often, like even myself, I'm like, yo, the Israelites were so stupid. And then you're like, yeah, well, well yeah, I kind of am yeah. like them. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is what God said. He said, I delivered you so that I could bring you to myself. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, no, we cannot uh, approach your presence. We do the same thing. Yeah. We believe ourselves. Like those people who go, oh, if I walked in a church building, lightning would strike right. me. Right. Uh, no. Like, that's not the, that's not the that's type That's not of... what God says. No, that's you know, maybe, not him. Maybe some, you know, maybe in some places people would give you a stank look because they need deliverance. Uh-huh. That's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Yep. Um, but God would certainly not strike you dead because he wants you. Mm -hmm. Um, the Bible says in second Corinthians seven, verse 10, for the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and -hmm. results in salvation. Yeah. There is no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death and notice that the israelites didn't go oh well i should change then Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it did it did not that that staying away from god did not accompany well let me get my life right or let me repent before god and repent means to just do a uh 180 from your sin to turn around Mm -hmm. to make a decision to go the opposite direction of your sin it didn't cause them to then change no and if you read if you really Take a look at Exodus. If you read after that, you'd see that God gives these commandments and judgments and all these things. And they go, we will do as you say. And then they don't. (laughs) They say that they will. So you can then realize there's this heart issue. Yeah. There is a heart issue because they used their mouth and said that they would follow and, and obey. Yeah. But they didn't. There was a heart thing. You have to work on your heart relationship with the Lord. Their heart caused them to stay in that place, to stay in that place far off. It was their heart that caused them to stay far off from God. When God, meanwhile, is trying to pull them. My beautiful daughter is here looking at me again. Um, I think we need to just remember, um, you know, the very first time that sin entered into human life. Yeah. Um, when Adam and Eve had sinned against God and obviously she saw something that she wanted, she took it, she hid, um, her and Adam, even Adam hid from God. Um, God approaches them and says like, who told you that you were naked? Once he says like, we were afraid because we're naked. They were afraid. Yeah. Um, and what God does is so beautiful in that. It says that he clothed them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we know that there was a sacrifice made at that moment. There was... um, Love covers a multitude of sin. There was a shedding Mm -hmm. of blood Mm -hmm. at that moment to cover their nakedness. Yeah. Um, And we need to all know that there there is a shedding of blood that's available for us that covers our nakedness. Yeah. You know, when when the Bible says that... Everything is going to be exposed before God. Mm-hmm. And we look, even believers look at ourselves and we're like, oh boy. Yeah. That stinks. Um, and really, he said that I've provided a way for you to be covered. And that is through the blood of Jesus. There was a blood sacrifice made for us so that we could enter. Yeah. So that we could enter boldly and not just, not just, you know, walk around, oh, I'm forgiven. 
but have the relationship with God. Not yes. just, I have the promised land. No. Um, but have the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Hopefully this has been helpful to you guys. We love you very much. Thank you for following. If you could um, share this podcast with somebody, we're also on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, WordOTW is our Instagram. Our handle on YouTube is WordOTW. And um, you can find us anywhere that you want to. (laughs) We love you very much and God bless you as you go about your day.